0: Just hi, Dad. He's my dad, James Gutman. What is up, guys? James Gutman. It is Friday. It is a uh, Hi pod. I'm Dad. It is a new episode of the podcast based on the blog, based on my life. And what are you doing? Where are you? Let me guess where you are. Let me take a little, a little wild stab in the dark on where most of you are. If you are like me, you are at home. At home. Yeah. This is um. The new normal, and it is pretty insane. I'm slowly going insane. I feel like I am the the Mad Hatter to your March hare. I am the Jack Nicholson halfway through the movie. Well, maybe not that. That's kind of it's a little crazy. All work, no play. Makes James a dull boy. I don't want to go crazy. I don't wanna get an axe. I don't wanna, you know, Go a little nuts, but I definitely am feeling a little off. Feeling a little uh a little wacky, a little wild. In case you guys Uh, Maybe you're listening to this in the future, maybe you're discovering this podcast somewhere under a pile of rubble a la The Twilight Zone, which I will probably reference a few times in this episode. You know that right now we are in the midst of the coronavirus, the lock-in, this quarantine, this worldwide epidemic, this pandemic, all these kinds of demics, all these things that we never thought were humanly possible. At this point now, I'm trying to figure out the days, I don't even know, all I know is that I stopped shaving when I started staying in the house, and now this is officially kind of the longest that I've gone. Every day I look in the mirror, and I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? You know. Uh, I'm also used to usually getting my hair cut. Getting my haircut. I cut my hair. I buzz my hair like once a week, once every week and a half. I haven't done that either. So this is a little experiment we're playing here. I was telling my daughter, I said, maybe this year when the, um, you know, you guys know about our tradition where she fights the fake Santa Claus. I said, maybe this year Santa Claus won't even need a costume. She's like, Daddy, please. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. uh, but it's fun. She's getting used to me. You know, we're all here together. Everybody's in this house, which is great. It's fantastic. It is wonderful on so many levels. Yeah, day, I don't know, I guess day 13, day 10, whatever the day is. I went back to the calendar today. I was looking through it. You got to figure, you know, you guys listening to this on the 27th, we stopped really... Doing a lot of stuff on the thirteenth. That was the day where things started to kind of fall apart, where they canceled, you know, the school play and things like that. Uh, and now it is, you know, fourteen days later, just two weeks. It is pretty insane. I feel like I'm keeping one of those logs. And day fourteen, the monsters are outside. Uh, they're not. The monsters aren't outside. But I'll tell you this, man. Somebody comes to my door with anything. The mailman comes to the door. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Good for the mailman. This is definitely. You know, we're looking for the positives. I'll give you guys some positives. Uh, mail carriers, grocery store workers, these people are pretty amazing. I went to i went to the – I've only been out like three times during this whole thing, and I went to the grocery store, and the kid that works there, kind of a weird dude. He's always been a weird dude that works there. Whenever you get that one aisle, I'm like, oh, this kid? How would I get this kid? And I'm like, hey, man, how are you doing? He's like, not really that good. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, buddy. I understand that. So, uh, you know, you thank them for their service and you move on. But it has definitely been a little off. There's so many things to it, dude. You guys want to talk about the change in mood? Let me tell you the change in mood, and I'll talk about my my blog post this week because you you could tell the change in mood from the beginning of the week to the middle of the week just based solely on my blog post. But it all kind of begins with when all this stuff first started happening with the the quarantine and the lock in. We started sharing these beautiful stories. These uplifting stories. These happy stories. This little old man goes to visit his little old wife. She's in a nursing home, and he serenades her from outside the window. And we all share the picture. a little man outside the window, and he's playing guitar. And he's like, I love you. And he's playing. She's put her hand on the window. He's got his hand on the window. And we're like, aw, that's so sweet. That's day one, right? So now day 13, we're sitting at home. We're like, he still can't see his wife? Like, it's really... Since you really you take this shift in perspective where we go from like, oh, that's really sweet. Everyone still loves each other to like day, you know, two weeks in. You're like, what the hell? How is this still happening? And that's where we are, man. It's still happening. We're still kind of. Process- I think the craziest part is the unknown. It's still we're still in this unknown thing where we don't know how long it's going to last. Um, I like hearing ideas of when it might end, even if they're not legitimate. You know, it's kind of. Again, let's do some Twilight Zone references, man. There's that episode of the Twilight Zone where he's like, Jojo, how would you like to hear stories of Earth again? And he's like, yeah, I like to hear stories of Earth. They're not going back to Earth. They're on this this uh, this planet. No one's leaving. But he's telling them stories about Earth. And the kid's like, oh, I like stories of Earth. This is what that is. So when you tell me that you think this quarantine thing might end like in a few weeks, even if it's nonsense, like tell me more. Tell me more about a few weeks. I like hearing that. Uh, it's scary, man. It's really We spend our lives telling each other that we have to get out more. You got to get out more, dude. That's like the go-to line that we make when we're like doing stupid things. We're like, you know, you think that's fun, man. You got to get out more. I got to get out more. I should get out more. Now we can't get out. It's almost like we're punished for learning to get out more. So that's kind of where I am in my head. I'm on this uh, being punished to get out more. I also think that there's um, a fundamental misunderstanding of movies and TV shows about you know post-apocalyptic nightmares or ends of the world scenario. And, you know, you think to like The Walking Dead, they had, you know, Rick, if you guys haven't watched The Walking Dead, you're not going to understand this. Uh, Rick slept through this entire time period. It, it, it began in the first episode. I'm not going to give you guys too many spoilers, but all that happens in the first episode, he's like, oh, look, it's a zombie. And then he's asleep and then he wakes up and everything blew up. So you we missed all that. Rick slept right through it. All this time period we're in right now. Again, Twilight Zone. Love the Twilight Zone. We'll go back to that episode where... Remember we're slowly getting hotter? If you never watched the Twilight Zone, that's something to do while you're locked in your house. There was an episode of the Twilight Zone where they were getting closer to the sun. And it was like the end of of, of day scenario where, you know, we're going to try to take my family and drive down down to uh, the north where it's going to be a little colder. It won't be so hot there. Maybe the sun won't kill us, Maddie. And there's a guy that breaks into their house he comes in with a gun he's like hey dames give me a water i used to be like you i used to have a wife i used to have a daughter and then all of a sudden the sun started coming towards the earth and in that time i changed who i was this is that time this is the time that they never show you in tv shows this is whenever the everything has gone to hell and the person who's now crazy and running around with like antler bones on their head and stuff like that is like i used to be a computer programmer and now i'm crazy this is the time where they went crazy how you feeling? Feeling kind of crazy. So that's where we're at. It's um, it's definitely unique. It's it's fun, and I'm trying to I'm trying to have fun with it. I'm trying to trying to work forward on. it. I mean, I'm not literally going crazy. I mean, a little bit, maybe, maybe a little crazy. But we're not uh, we're not all literally going crazy. I think we, I think we're all starting to get to that point where it's like this can't go on forever. I was watching like you know. You watch Survivor. Even House Arrest, man. People talk about, like, this is like House Arrest. It is not like House Arrest because people can come over when you're on House Arrest. You know, if someone comes to my house, I'm throwing a plastic bag over their head and I'm throwing them down the stairs. Get out of here. I went to the supermarket like four days ago and I wore winter gloves. That's That's where my head is at. So this is definitely not House Arrest. On Survivor, they're all sitting together and they're like, you know, just think about it. It's only a month. And it's like at least they know it's a month. I don't even know how long this is. We're just here in the house, you know waiting for things to come. So it is what it is. Hopefully you guys are keeping your your heads on straight. I'm going a little nuts. Um, but yeah, I wrote about it. And again, like I said before, if you go back through the blogs this week, you'll see a fundamental shift from Monday to Wednesday in terms of how my my brain was working. On Monday, it was positive. And this isn't and again, I want to make one thing abundantly clear. This is not permanent shifts. My my mood is up and down, up and down. Today is kind of like that. That humorous insanity that um, that I've missed for a while, a little JG insanity, a little uh, craziness in my brain, where depending on any given day, I could be in a good mood, bad mood, up, down, all around. So on Monday, I was in a pretty good mood, and I, I, I talked about these chaos days, and this is true, and even now as I'm going nuts, even now as I'm laughing and I'm cackling at you people, and thank you for listening to me cackle, I mean, you don't have to, but you are, so thank you. Um... I'm still standing by this blog post because I I totally mean it. I think at some point, everything we've ever done in our lives, we look back on somewhat, not fondly, but and sometimes fondly. Like, for example, I had a quintuple bypass in 2012, right? In 2012, I was in the hospital for seven days. It was a rough time. I would never want to relive it. But I do think back to that time period and that transition in my thinking and this change in my life and being in the hospital and all the things that I did. And sometimes I talk about it in a way that's almost – It's strangely nostalgic, you know, and just because something was a tough time or something was a difficult time doesn't mean that, you know, you don't think back on it later on. And when it comes to this time period and what I called this blog post was we're going to miss these chaos days is that at one time or another, when everything goes back, you know, knock on wood or whatever you want to knock on to our routines, we're going to think back to the days where we didn't have routines. And when you were around your kids all the time, when you were dealing with this stuff all the time and this kind of like adventure in our lives. And there is going to be a sense of nostalgia. You know, you might not love it now. It might be awful now. It is awful now. Let's be frank about it. But it'll definitely be something that we remember. And I think it's going to be something that makes us appreciate what we do every day. Because I think a lot of us go out there and every day we have, you know, obligations. We have things to do. We have places to go. We have, you know, people to see. And we hate it. We I wish I could stay home all the time. And it's like God is like, oh, stay home. You're like no 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 but not all the time. He's like, no all the time. You're like hey, what is to all the time. And that's kind of what this is. So I think at one point or another though when we do go back and we do go through that, you know, grind again and the hamster wheel and all the stuff that we go through, we're going to remember these days. And there's going to be part of us that misses it. And we're going to miss the uh, you know, the camaraderie, the fact that, you know, midday I could just go grab my daughter we'll watch, you know, watch the Goosebumps movie which was not very good. It wasn't Jack Black. What are you doing? Uh, we watched a Goosebumps movie. I showed a couple of Twilight Zone episodes. As I said before, Twilight Zone—it's a theme. Of the quarantine, uh, different things like that. So we've we've definitely been having fun. We've been trying to do you know our thing, and it's going to be something that we miss. And I think even once it's over, and we're going to party like there's no tomorrow when it's over, it's going to definitely be a, a unique aspect of our lives. I tell my daughter this because I don't—I think that she's still in that that mindset where it's not real. You know, she's uh, she's eleven. So, you know, I told her she was like, you know, worried about her, you know, her hair or whatever. I forgot what it was. She was worried about something. I'm like, Olivia, I'm like, you don't no one's gonna see you for a while. She's like, Daddy, people are gonna see me next week. I'm like, who the hell's gonna see you next week? She's like, school is only closed until April first. I'm like, dude, you're losing April. <laughs> I'm like, get used to it. I'm like, I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that we're probably gonna lose another month. It's not gonna be by April. You know, we're in New York, man. New York is you know, the epicenter. It's always New York. Why do I live here? Um so I'm telling him, like, look, you're gonna be you're gonna be locked in for a little while, so she's still in that mental state of "I'm gonna go back soon." And I'm gonna, I'm gonna be moving to the next, uh, the next phase. And I think kids still have that, that mindset because this is the kind of thing that was never supposed to happen. This is the kind of thing that nothing happened for a long time. You know, every once in a while something crazy would happen. 9/11 happened. I lived in New York. Um, I've talked about this before, but one of the craziest things about 9/11, I'll give you guys quickly my 9/11 story. I didn't live in New York City for 9-11. I didn't know anybody who was in the Twin Towers. However, I started a new job. I was about, you know, 20, how old was I? 2011, uh, 20, uh, 2001. I was 24, yeah, it's like 24, 23, 23 at this time. And I started a job and I was doing business to business appointment setting for a company that's all bottleless water coolers. It doesn't get much more mundane than that. And the week before was Labor Day. I had started. We were off on Monday. I went back into work and they had given me my list of people that I had to call. And my list was, strangely as this is, and as ironic, I guess, in many ways as it was, it was the World Trade Center was my calling list. And I had been calling people in the World Trade Center, talking to people in the World Trade Center, leaving messages in the World Trade Center, talking to people, you know, at, at uh, Cantor Fitzgerald and different companies like that. And then 9 11 hit while I was at work. I went into work, it was the morning. Uh, there was no – the internet was still dial-up at this place because it was 2001, so I didn't have access to the news and stuff like that. I was on the phone with a friend of mine. Nobody had come in to work yet. I used to get there very early, and he was like, you know, a plane's just you know, hit the, the Twin Towers. And I'm like, what? And he's telling me, he's like, yeah, two. He's like, one hit one. I'm like, both of them? Yeah. And then he's on the phone with me, and he's at work. And I hear him go, hang on a 2nd wait, what? The Pentagon's on fire. He's like, the Pentagon's on fire. I'll call you back. And I'm like, okay. And then I sat there, like, what the hell? And I remember that day calling those numbers that I had and getting these weird signals. Like, what the hell? Why can't I get? It? Like, is this real? Is this really happening? Because there was oh, still a part of my head that was thinking, oh, well, you know, they got hit by planes, but they'll be all right. And it's what because nothing ever happened that was like real. Like you would always be told, like, this could happen. It's almost like you know, people think it's climate change, and they're like, oh, it's great. But I mean, you you are conditioned to believe that everything is just gonna come out the other way. Okay. So even sitting there hearing about this terrible thing that happened in New York City, I was still making these phone calls to these phone numbers, getting, you know, this weird operator message that I had never heard in my life up until then about like all circuits are, you know, busy at this time and it was very bizarre. But that was one of the first times where I realized that anything could happen. And as we've moved forward, we kind of lost track of that. We forgot about that. And I tried to tell my daughter, I said, this is going to be a historic thing. This is going to be the kind of thing that your kids ask you about. You know, Mommy, you were alive during the, during the pandemic of, of coronavirus? Because it's a thing that's never, never really happened before. I also explained to her, too, that this is going to be what makes her feel old. This is going to be the kind of thing where, because that's what happened with 9-11, where 9-11 happened. And if you guys are around my age, you know what I'm talking about. 9-11 happened, and it was topical, right? It was the kind of thing that was so new, and we all, we all lived through it. And then pretty soon, next thing you know, it was one-year anniversary of 9-11. And everyone's like doing the memorial. You're like, oh, it's been a year. Wow, I can't believe it's been a year. And then pretty soon, it's been five years. And you're like, wow, the five-year anniversary of 9-11. And then we kept growing. Time kept moving on. And pretty soon, it was a 10-year anniversary, 11-year anniversary, 12-year anniversary. And before you know it, people that were born after 2001 were now old enough to walk around and walk and talk. And when that happens, that event goes from being current events to history. And now it's a historic thing. And now all of a sudden, 9-11 goes to being similar to what like D-Day was for me as a kid or the Vietnam War and all these things that happened before my birth. And that's going to happen to her. I said, this, this, this event, this pandemic is going to be your event. Where one day you're gonna feel old. One day you're gonna be like, How are you? You don't remember the pandemic? And they'll be like, I wasn't born for the pandemic. You weren't born for the coronavirus. And when that happens too, people are gonna forget that it's legitimate. People are gonna forget that those things can happen. People are gonna forget that life is is really happens. I mean, hopefully. Hopefully we're not all mad max by then. But if we get through this, which we'll get through this, let's not BS each other. We'll get through this thing. Once we get through this whole thing, I think it's gonna be the kind of thing where people from this generation and us and everyone who lives through this is going to remember this on a deeper level than the people who come after It's definitely a big deal. So it's at one point it's going to become nostalgia. It's going to be the kind of thing that we look back on. It's going to be the kind of thing we remember. And that's what I meant on Monday when I said, we're going to miss these days of chaos. We're going to miss these chaos days because eventually we're going to get to a point where we're all back on the hamster wheel and we're going to be like, oh, I miss, you know, making cookies at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday with my kids. And you will. You will. I mean, your kids drive you crazy. Let's not kid each other. Even if you don't have kids, your your dogs drive you crazy. I have cats. My cats could care less. Couldn't care less. I should say that I'm even home. Just every once in a while, they want to get fed. Meow. Like, get away from me! Get away! Meow. Get away! Get away! There's a lot of that going on in my house too. So, yeah, the cats are probably the most annoying parts of the whole thing uh Wednesday Wednesday was the paradigm shift Wednesday was the change from you know you're gonna miss these days to holy cow stop showing me rainbows on Facebook and I wrote and it was called positively fed up and it was about my guilt over being fed up with the positivity that I'm seeing on social media and oh my god You ever do that? I've done that before. We all have days like that, right, where we scroll through Facebook, you know, and people are on there, you know, blessing each other and, like, showing beautiful. And you're just like, oh, my God, stop already. I get it. Yeah, all right. Whatever. And usually it's okay because you can tell yourself, look, I'm in a bad mood, you know. And some days you are. You're you're not in a good mood. You see something positive online. You don't like seeing it. You scroll past it. You move on to the next thing, and you deal with it. But during a time like this where everybody's trying to cheer each other up, you can kind of feel bad being annoyed at those positive things online. And I'm guilty of it, too. And I said that right in the blog post, too. I've, I've written positive things and been in positive places and, and thought positive things. But even I admit, and I don't get offended if you don't like it, that there are definitely times where people don't want to read positivity. I've had times where I've read my own stuff, and I'm like, what is this? Who wants to read this? Lukey. It's so Lucas is coming in and out. He's, uh, he's here to, uh, to remind me. He's like, hey, talk about me. So... I've been reading these things, I've been looking at these rainbows and these kids painting chalk drawings outside and teddy bears in the window and the old man singing to his wife through the you know through the, the nursing home window and all these different things and the parents, they did club quarantine in the garage and it's all these happy, happy, joy, joy things. And God, there are some times where that doesn't work and that didn't work yesterday. And that's one of the reasons why the, the name of this episode is Rage Against the Quarantine because... There are certain times, at least for me, and I've realized this where the thing that gets me going is like a rage. I don't know if it's just me, maybe it's you too, but that's what happened i was i woke up yesterday miserable miserable, and there are definitely i mean my it's a thing with me, it's kind of a documented thing with me. My mood can go up and down and all around so i I woke up yesterday unhappy, and i have i got the new modern warfare game on the Xbox, which I'm so happy about that has brought me joy during all this. Uh, and I got up and I played that. Spent a little while face down on the couch, like that, you know, hoping nobody walks in. What's wrong with you, dad? No, know I'm fine, fine. But um, face down unhappy. Just not feeling it. And all of a sudden I said, "You know what? Screw this." I got up. I did the exercise bike and I took a shower. And I put on literally put on rage against the machine. And I started doing that, ooh, you know, where you're throwing air punches, you are Oh, yeah, I'm wearing clothes, not sweatpants. I'm just I'm up. I'm good, and I raged myself into a state of productivity, and I started doing the work that I had to do. I have a lot of things that I'm still working on. I've said many weeks ago that I, I am definitely, I'm definitely working on something right now. I can't talk about it yet, but it's keeping me busy, and I thank the universe for that because if it wasn't for that, I don't know what i would be doing right now, but you need to do that sometimes, and you don't have to feel bad about it. You don't have to feel guilty about it. Some days, it's not about like, oh, everybody's so happy. That's nice. Some days it's great, man. Some days happy and nice is wonderful. And there's definitely been days where I'm down and I scroll down and I see somebody like, give a hug, fight your insecurities, and post the third picture on your phone. And you're like, oh, it's nice. And then there's some days where I'm just like – shove this in your butt. Like you you get so annoyed with reading some of that stuff sometimes. So I totally get it. And you know what was cool was every once in a while I will write a post. Sometimes I write a post to let you guys know how I felt about something and to help somebody else who's in that position. And I I know for a fact if I felt that way, someone else felt that way. This was not one of those posts. This is one of those posts where I was worried that every response was going to be like, what is wrong with you? Why are you crazy? And I'm like, I don't want to be crazy. I hope people feel this way. And People felt that way. And I don't say it enough but I love you guys. Thank you for making me feel better. Uh, it was definitely one of those uh, solidarity posts where I start to read from other people who are feeling just as, um, I don't know if anxious is the right word, but just fed up and just you know furious at times. And I definitely felt that way. Thank you guys for being there for me. And thank you for helping me get it out, get that uh, rage out, rage against the quarantine. And that's where we're at. So, yeah. All right. So uh, are you feeling crazy? feel a little insane in the membrane well if you are it's time for that moment of sanity it is time for that moment where we start to think a little a little lighter maybe i don't know what's gonna happen we'll see it (laughs) depends it depends on where we go from here so without further ado with a very special intro a very good friend of mine here it is your moment of sanity Hi, Pod. This is Kevin Wallace, father of Holden Wallace, and this is your Moment of Sanity. Thank you, Kevin Wallace. So glad, man, to have Kevin on here. For those of you guys who don't know, in my past life writing about pro wrestling, running a pro wrestling website, Kevin Wallace was actually my UFC guy. He didn't didn't fight in the UFC that I know of, but he covered UFC, and he did an amazing job. And This is one of the coolest things about knowing people when you're kind of younger. You grow up a little bit. You watch them grow a little bit too. Kevin Wallace was always, just like when James Bullock was on here a few weeks ago and we talked about it, one of the most reliable and professional writers I've ever worked with and one of the most professional and reliable people in general I've ever worked with at any job. If Kevin Wallace told me he was going to write something, Kevin Wallace wrote that thing. If Kevin Wallace told me he was going to have something done at a specific date, Kevin Wallace had it done by that date. Not only did he do it, he did it well. If Kevin Wallace was going to miss an event, he wrote to me and told me he was going to miss it. Kevin was truly a professional in every sense of the word. And I knew Kevin before he was a dad, before Holden was born. And he was one of those people where sometimes you get a feeling, man. You know people, you talk to them, you interact with them, and you go, this person would make a good parent this person's gonna go on to some great things and i've watched kevin grow into a dad today i hear stories about his son i watch them on facebook and the pictures that he posts and i hear things all the time he really truly is the epitome of kind of the responsibility the pride that a father has kevin's a good guy so i'm really grateful that he's on here thank you kevin hopefully you guys too that have listened to this and have children of your own you think back to that time man kevin's got it's got a wee one as they say little kid back at home. And it's one of those things where I see pictures of Kevin with his son, and I think back to when my kids were little, and it's crazy. It really is because we always talk about our kids growing up as if it's some futuristic event, something that has not happened yet. And we we drift in the future. We think about, you know, I picture my daughter driving and getting married and my son growing up and being bigger than me. And you imagine all these far-off situations, and it's unimaginable. But in reality, we've been going through this constantly since the day our kids are born i'm sure kevin even now with his son he thinks back to when his son was an infant and it's so different from then to now same thing with you know with my kids i think back you know olivia is going to be 12 in a few months you know lucas just turned nine it's nuts man they weren't always a nine and 12 they were five and three they were tiny little kids at one time they were newborns and what happens is as you grow they grow with you And as sad as it is sometimes to let go of those past moments, and I still have those, man, with Olivia, when you think back to when she did the princess things and Disney Prince, even now you talk about it, like, oh. But what's crazy is that I love who she is now. So it's not that big of a change, that big of a drastic switch in who they are and their personalities. They just become new people, they become more complete as human beings until eventually they're adults. And will there be a time where I miss these days? Yeah. Just like when she was like two and three and four, I miss those days too. Same thing with Lucas when he was tiny and I could throw him up in the air. I mean, I throw him up in the air now, it just hurts. But, you know, same thing with her, I throw her up, ah, ow, same deal. But, you know, we we experience it. And I think that's one of the reasons why sometimes as parents, we we get a little sad when they start to get older. We go, "Oh," because we know, we know what it's like to miss out on them. But also, if you really think about it, it's not the kind of thing that you need to to flog yourself over and be so upset about, you know, oh my God, they're getting so big. They are, man. They're getting big and they're great now too. And there'll be a time when they're even bigger. And this time will be nostalgic. And we'll think back to when, you know, they were nine and and 11 and be like, oh, they used to be nine and 11. One day they won't be. But what's funny is I said before, their personalities never change all that much. They really don't. Olivia, now that I've been locked in this house with this kid yikes she's a little smart guy man we watch uh, we've been watching lego masters on um demand on hulu which is basically a reality show where they build legos and my kid is brutal in terms of how she tears apart the contestants as soon as they come on she's got nicknames for them that lady's face belongs on a cereal box i don't even know what that means but i got it i, I laughed out loud she calls her cereal lady the lady's got big blonde hair i don't know why she, <laughs> she looks on a cereal box um but, yeah, you got cereal box lady, and she hates this one. I don't like that one. She makes fun of this person, makes fun of that person. Just very snide. All the things about me that I watch kind of come out. And my daughter is getting to be kind of a wise guy, dude. She's always been a little sarcastic, a little rude. And you got you to gotta pull that back in once in a while. You let it go until eventually sometimes you have to, like, slap it down a little bit. She tries to push it sometimes, see how far she could take it, see what she can get away with. Like, there's pretty much – it's like anarchy in the Wild West when it comes to bedtime When there's no school on the horizon forever, which is kind of where we are now. So say to her, you know, it's it's rounding around 10 o'clock. You have to get ready for bed soon. What do you think she says? You think she says, I don't want to go to bed, daddy. Father, can I stay up with you a little longer? I would be ever so grateful. Wouldn't that be great if she said that? She doesn't say that. You know what she says? She goes, that's a joke. (laughs) Like, what did you say to me? Go to bed right now. And then it turns into a, a Mexican standoff. But it's, yeah, she gets really, I don't know snide sometimes you gotta pull it back a little bit pull it down but you know what's funny is that she's always been like this this is not a new thing this is not you know something that came out of nowhere and snuck up on us it just changes as they get older as they grow as they change who they are their personalities may come out more but it's still their personalities and i remember to this day the thing that has always stuck with me and i bring this up to her it was the first time that she ever said something that really like cut me to the bone She was tiny. She was like maybe like two, like around there, two, three years old. I was actually before three, definitely before three years old. And I was getting her ready for bed, and she was crying. And my wife at the time was working. She was working outside the house, and she was out. And I'm getting her ready, uh, you know, to to get to to bed. She wasn't going fully going to bed, but she was getting ready for bed. She's crying, (laughs) "Mommy, I want mommy home." No, her mom hadn't been gone for a month. She just been gone for like the last few hours and we hadn't seen her i'll cry mommy i want mommy to be on they get into those moods where suddenly they need this person they need that person and i'm like olivia come on get dressed get dressed come on it's no big deal it's all right mommy's gonna be home soon olivia mommy's gonna be home soon just get dressed (laughs) mommy olivia come on stop look mommy why are you upset why are you upset why hey hey look at me look at me why are you upset i'm here daddy's here don't be upset daddy's here okay and my little girl stopped, mid-cry, looked me in the eyes, and went, I don't want you, and I was like, oh my god, my soul jumped out of my body, and threw itself out the window, it was the worst, I was like, what, okay, I'm going to be home soon, it was terrible, It's an awful experience, but <laughs> That's exactly who she is now. Only now she does it to be funny. And like so I, th- I try to remember that sometimes. I'm like, you know what? She's always kind of been like a little jerk at times. But at least back then, like, uh, I mean, I should say at least now it sometimes is, is witty in some sort of ways. I mean, those kids, man, they figure out words and things they say. The craziest thing she ever said, though, is as opposed, that was the meanest thing I think she ever said because she was so little. And it might not be mean in the grand scheme of things. And I think if people hear that, they go, my kid said meaner stuff. Well, that's cool. It's your kid. But uh, with her, the reason why that was the meanest thing she said was because she was so little that it literally was like some of her first words that she was starting to put together as a sentence, and she reserved them to tell me to F off. But there was one time where I was, like, shocked at her choice of words. She was little, again, like maybe like seven or eight. And there was a, a thing about egg. I forgot how it went. Ego, Maybe it was ego. I'm trying to think of what the pun was. There was definitely a pun that I played on because I'm a dad and I do puns. That's what we do. We do dad jokes. And I had said something to her. It might have been ego. I'm going to say for the sake of arguments, ego, because somebody said ego, And I said, where does the egg go? You know, I don't know. Some stupid. Uh, don't judge me. All right. And she goes right in my mouth. And I said to her, I thought you didn't even like eggs. At which point, without looking up from what she was doing, she was sitting in the, in the breakfast nook, just doing her thing. Doesn't even look up. And she goes, clever wordplay. And I was like, did you say clever wordplay? Like I was blown away by this like sophisticated little child in my home. But that's one of those things. You tell somebody that story. And what's funny is it depends on who you tell that story to. Because some people just hear it and they find it funny. They go, oh, your kid's weird. But then you get the older people who have been around the block a few times when it comes to raising children. And they go, oh, she's going to give you problems. <laughs> yeah, she did. She's gonna give me problems. So you know, you're aware of it. I'm, I'm definitely when it comes to my kid, having that ability to be sarcastic, to be snide, kind of watching a lot of my characteristics from my life. And if you followed me again, you heard Kevin Wallace on there. So if you know Kevin from World Wrestling Insanity, and you know me from JG's Raw Insanity, and all the wrestling stuff I used to write, you know that I could, I can kind of cut people a little bit sometimes with with my my snide remarks and callous you know observations and in many ways she's kind of picked up on a lot of that stuff too so it's it's like the universe is coming back to smack me in the face when it comes to my kid but yeah your your children they grow up they change but they don't change all that much sometimes they just refine their skills and through the years olivia has definitely refined her skills so i think back i think back on when she was holden's age and I was uh, I was Kevin, and I think one day Kevin's gonna look back on this age too and be like, oh, I get that, I get what he's saying about about his daughter being a, a snide little kid. Because uh, I think they all grow up to be snide little kids. I think so. If you guys are locked in the house with your kids right now and no school, you're probably learning that too. You're like, wow, my kids like this. <laughs> yeah, your kids like that. We're figuring that out. Um, guys, thank you for spending your Fridays with me. I mean, again, we're socially distant. That's the whole idea here of these podcasts. You're not in the room with me. It feels like you are. Hopefully, we're right near each other. In many ways, I might even be in your ears right now. Either way, thank you so much for taking the time. I'll be back next week, man. This show is going to, I feel like, completely devolve into you know, unbridled insanity. But eh, it's nothing new for me. So hopefully, it's nothing new for you. Until next week, this is James Gutman saying be well. Bye, pod. I'm done.